Welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. This is Colby Wood. And on this podcast, we take a deep dive into medical sales and in particular, orthopedic medical sales, where I do my best to share with you everything that I have learned up to this point and document really the day-to-day sales calls and meetings and interactions I'm having so that you can learn from my experiences and hopefully help you become more successful in your career as well. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast, and welcome to this episode. And I wanted to talk about price objections on this episode, because this is uh, one of the most important topics that you're going to be dealing with. Probably the most common objection you're ever going to get is on price. So it's, uh, yeah, I want to use this episode to talk about it. I'm going to use an example that I had from last week to illustrate one way to handle the price objection. Now, this is not how price objections are going to go all the time, but I think it'll be a good kind of starting off point for us for the podcast, and it'll give you uh, one way to think about how to handle them and when you actually do want to handle them versus not. And so let me let me outline this scenario for you. Well, let me give you a couple of thoughts first before I outline this scenario for you. Ultimately, here's the deal. Price objections are legitimate at times, okay? You know, I I feel like I've definitely heard a lot of sales folks and gurus, you could call them, say that like, uh, you know, price is a myth, price objections don't matter, you know, nobody does or does not use a product on price, you know, some version of that. Uh, In my experience in medical sales, that's just simply not true. Um, I think that that could be true when you are controlling the product that you're selling specifically so that you can actually impact and have control over the quality of the product. So, you know, if you are, if you're manufacturing the product or developing the product, whether it's, you know, tangible or intangible or, you know, whatever that product is, you theoretically can make the argument that, you know, people are not using you not because they don't. Uh, they don't think it's going to work or whatnot. They, they're not doing it because they just don't think you have the best product and you, you can control the product and, and all, you know, however you want to think about that. I think if you're in control of the product, you might have a stronger argument to make. But ultimately in medical sales, we're selling other people's products. Like even if you work for the company, you're not manufacturing the product. I'm not manufacturing the product. I'm hopefully getting involved with a company that produces a great product but in all reality, I don't control that. And the, the actual reality is that a lot of customers make decisions on price. There's not that many products in the market that are absolutely 100% proprietary, unique, etc. And they're, they're going to pay whatever price they have to pay to use your product. It's just that good. Like, that just doesn't happen. And a lot of the products that you're going to sell are going to be commodity products or pretty close. Like you're going to have a handful of products in your bag. Likely, you're going to have a handful of products that are unique and proprietary at some level. But the majority of products you're going to have, you're going to be selling are going to be somewhat of a commoditized item. And so price absolutely can be a real objection for them not to use your product. But you don't want that to be the objection. 
right? You need to verify that it's actually the objection. You need to go down the process, go through the sales process to confirm that it is the actual objection before you just assume that it is. Because when you get the price objection in the sales process is different than or the way you should handle it is different based on when you're getting the price objection. Meaning that somebody that you're in the cold call, right? You're making a cold call or you have a discovery meeting with a customer and you, you're five seconds into demoing a product and they say, uh, you know, if it's more expensive than what I'm currently using, I'm not going to use it. And you haven't even demoed how the product works, right? Like you barely just pulled it out of your bag. Is that a real objection? No. But if you've demoed it with them, if they evaluate the product, if they like the product, if they know what it costs, and they say, well, I would use it if it was at this price point, that's probably a legitimate objection. But you're farther along in the sales process. You're at the, you know, the proposal or the close at that point. So where the, where the price objection is happening in the sales process, it's going to be different and it's going to mean something different based on where that's happening. And that, that scenario is what happened for me last week. I had a doctor that I was working with. He's a very good doctor, like well-known doctor in Chicago. And I pulled my product out of my bag to show it to him. And probably 20 seconds into like my pitch on, hey, this is what it does. This is how it's sweet. This is why you should absolutely use it, etc. He's like, I would take a look at it or I would consider it if it's the same price or less than what I'm currently paying. But if it's more, I'm not going to use it. Okay, that was his his like first objection. And I have barely even got the product out of my bag. Like it wasn't even in his hands yet. Like he hadn't even put the product in his hands and he's giving me the objection if it of if it's not cheaper than what I currently use, I'm not going to use it. Right? Here's what I know at that point. That's not a real objection. I'm not handling that objection. <laughs> like if a if a doctor hasn't even put the product in their hands and they're giving me a price objection, I'm not going to handle that objection. I'm not like, I'm not even interested in handling that objection. And to, to my point, I didn't even address it. Like I didn't even acknowledge the fact that he said, if it's not less expensive or if it's not cheaper than what I currently pay, I'm not going to use it. I didn't even acknowledge that that was a thing. I just told him that, well, two of your surgeon peers have already evaluated the product and they really like it. Like I just skipped, you don't need to handle every objection. Why? Because a lot of them are not real. They're not real objections. He's saying like, it's got to be cheaper or else I'm not going to use it. Like, dude, you haven't even put it in your hands. You, you don't even know what it does. You haven't even seen it work. Like how, you, that's just not a real objection. But I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, I got to, I have to handle this objection. And you're going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. But, you know, it, it might be a little bit more expensive, but it's better because of this and this and that. Like, you've lost the doctor at that point. If you try to handle objections that are not real objections, you're actually not helping yourself at all. You're, pro- you're probably not going to get anywhere with that customer if you're trying to handle something that's not a real objection. He says, hey, you know, if it's not cheaper, I'm not going to use it. And you're going to try to go down the rabbit hole of why either number one, because here's the reality. It is more expensive. (laughs) Like like the product is more expensive than what he's currently paying. So it's not a chip shot where, yeah, no problem. 
our, our product's definitely cheaper, but, and then I roll into the next thing. It's not like I can handle it like that. It's that he's like, if it's not cheaper, I'm not going to use it. Like <laughs> it's not cheaper. It's a more expensive product. So I, I'm not going to lie to him and be like, yeah, yeah, we'll give it to you cheaper and then come back later and, oh no, it's going to be more than that. Now I look like the prick, right? Now he can't trust me. So, but I'm not, I'm just not going to handle it. It's not an objection to handle at that point because we're so early in the sales process. He hasn't even put the product in his hands. So he's like, yeah, if it's not cheaper, I'm not going to use it. I'm like, hey, totally understand. That's all it was. That was the, that was absolutely almost verbatim how I handled it. He's like, if it's not cheaper, I'm not going to use it. Hey, totally understand. Actually, we trialed it with two of your surgeon peers, two other guys that work in this, this doctor's practice. I said, we already tried it with Dr. A and Dr. B and they both loved it. So, you know, if you want to try it, I'd love to have you, I'd love to have you give it a shot essentially. And he's like, oh, interesting. They did. Right. Like that's what he said after I was like, yeah, totally understand. And then just ignored that objection because it's not a real objection and just rolled into the fact that his surgeon peers, people that he knows, other guys in his practice have used it and liked it. He's like, oh, interesting. And what happened is I actually got called back into a room. So I had to, I had to leave prematurely that kind of sales interaction. And so what I told him I was going to do, and this is, this is, it doesn't always work this way. So, you know, don't just say like, Oh, if I just do this, this is like sales just doesn't work like that, but it worked out this time. And what happened was I told him and cause he was in the middle of actually he was like on his computer in the lounge. That's the scenario that I was in. And so he's writing some emails. So he's somewhat distracted. I'm trying to, you know, fit this pitch in and, you know, show him this product because this might be my only shot or at least my only shot for a, for a while. So I got called back to go, to go back into the room because another surgery was starting. And so I told him, I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to leave this here. You know, we can, we can revisit this, you know, in a little bit. So I set the product on the table and left. The, the lounge. And I went back to the OR, right? What I'm thinking then when that happened is most people, if they're, if most people, number one, don't like to be sold to. So that, that just is what it is. Most people do want to find out and are interested in looking at new products, regardless of if they would ever use it. Most people have an inherent curiosity for new things. And so when I'm like, hey, I'm just going to leave this here. I'm going to go back to the OR. We can pick this up later. I knew that literally when I, w- when I left the lounge and I went back to the OR, that product sitting on the desk right next to his computer, you don't think he's going to pick it up and start messing around with it? Of course he is. Of course he is. He just doesn't want me to pitch him on the product at that time, right? Like he's distracted. He's busy. It's in between cases. He doesn't want to deal with it. It's a new product. He and I don't have a great, strong relationship at this point. He and I know each other, but not like that well, right? So I haven't earned that respect with him. I haven't earned that trust with him. So I'm like, cool, let's pick this up later. And I I leave the product six inches from his hands, six inches from his computer that he's typing on. And I go back to the OR. And for sure, that guy's going to pick that product up and start messing around with it. Start looking at it. Start checking it out. Like that is going to happen. And that is what happened. You know, like part of that is luck. Part of that is just chance. It happened. You know, if he's in the middle of something that's absolutely too important, maybe he doesn't pick it up. But there's a pretty damn good chance that if I leave a brand new product that he's never seen before, 
that's relevant for him, that is a product he could potentially and would potentially want to use, and his surgeon counterparts, his peers in his practice have tried it, you better be certain he is picking up that product and going to check it out. So then I go back to the OR. I'm getting the case set up, whatever. I step out of the OR. He's coming towards me because uh, he's going to scrub in. And he's like, hey, I was checking out that product. And, <laughs> right, like, of course he picked up the product and was checking it out. He's like, I checked out the product. And then he, you know, I don't want to go too far in the weeds and into the details of that. But he came, he started asking me questions about the product. He's like, yeah, I was checking it out. It was interesting. I haven't seen this before. Are you sure it does this? It looks like it does that. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to walk through the specifics of, of our conversation on the product on this podcast episode. Anyway, that's not the point. The object, the objective is to paint the picture of that scenario where you don't have to number one, handle price objections when they come up in your freaking 20 seconds into your sales pitch. I guarantee you they're not going to be real objections at that point. Just ignore them. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Cool. Yeah. You're not going to use it if it's not cheaper. Yeah. Got it. Understood. Just move the hell on to the next thing. Your your partners are using it. Shouldn't you try it? Don't you want to try it? Right? Like, like don't even worry about the price. Deal with that later. Get him to try the product. If he loves the product, I guarantee you he'll pay a little bit more for it. If he loves the product. But I've got to get him to that point first. I can't handle the price objection when I'm more expensive and he hasn't tried the product yet. I can handle the objection where we're more expensive if he's tried it and he loves it. Now I've got some leverage, but I've got to get him to use it first. And so number one, you don't have to handle those price objections. And number two, if you're catching a a doctor at a bad time where they're kind of distracted, if you have a product that can work like that, you know, it depends on the product you have and, and this scenario. If you've got a product that you could just like set next to a guy and leave, like chances are that person is going to pick it up just simply out of curiosity and start checking it out. They would rather do that without you there sometimes. And that's okay. Like, hey, I'm not like, can, all I want is him to try the product. I don't care how that happens. I'm not arrogant about, I have to be the one pitching him the product. Like, leave the product. Let him check it out. Now he's curious. Now he's like, hmm, what is that product? Let me see that. And I, he's going to be able to check it out without me in his ear while he's looking at it, telling him everything. He's like, I don't want to deal with it like that. But then he checks it out. He's like, whoa, that's interesting right? Now we're getting somewhere. So what I told him is as he was scrubbing in there, I'm like, Hey, look, I'm going to shoot you an email with some details on it. Check that out. I'll get that over to you later today. And I sent him that email later that day. This was, uh, this was Wednesday of last week. It was Wednesday of last week. And at the time when I sent him that email, I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to read this email. I don't know if he's going to see it. I just knew that at least in the moment, I handled it as best I could based on the scenario that I was in. Sent him an email, sent him some videos on it, showed him, you know, essentially gave him the rundown of the product through an email. He then emails me back that night with another doctor CC'd on the email who I've never even met before who's in that practice and said, hey, we both would like to try this product. Okay. Like now look, it doesn't always go like that. The majority of the time, it doesn't go like that. I'm just saying, use that as a possible example of how to handle those situations, both from a pricing standpoint and a sales pitch standpoint. If you're catching a doctor in surgery, you know, you're catching them between cases, a lot of times they're doing dictation, they're catching up on emails, they're on phone calls, etc. 
sometimes they're down, they have downtime. Sometimes you got 15 minutes of their attention undivided, you know, instead of playing games on their phone, they're going to, you know, you can walk up there and, and show them a product and demo it. And you've got five, 10, 15 minutes to discuss it with them. Other times they're in the middle of something, but that's your only opportunity. So like take advantage of it how, as best you can. And just think about it. If you're in a scenario where that could work and you've got a unique product and maybe they're pretending to be very busy, they could be real busy, but maybe they're pretending just set the product next to them and leave and then watch what happens. I would be shocked if they didn't pick the product up and start checking it out themselves. And then they walk up to you and say, Hmm, this is interesting, right? Like that's, that's the way it goes sometimes. So anyway, that is, that's kind of my thought there. And especially on the pricing thing, that's really what I wanted to drive home is that when you're getting a price objection in the sales process matters, if you're getting it in the proposal phase, or if you've done an evaluation and you're looking at, you know, getting the business or not, the price objection might be a real one. Hey, look, we do love this product, but everybody has a price point, right? Like if it's a thousand dollars, they're not going to use it. But if it's 600, maybe they will. Or if it's 200, maybe they will. We're paying, you know, 250 right now. I'll pay up for it, but I can't pay 600 for it, right? Like everybody has that number. And so it can be a real objection, especially if it's happening later in the sales cycle. In my experience, the, the later that it happens in the sales cycle, in the sales process, the more real it probably is. If you're getting it in the first 10 seconds, just freaking ignore it. Don't try to handle that. Don't try to be, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to like it. You're going to be, it's going to be way better. It's going to be worth it to pay more. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. You're not going to get anywhere. Just, you know, he's like, I'm not going to use it if, if it's not cheaper. Like, no, 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 no. You're going to love it so much. You know, you, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, but you're going to love it so much. It's going to be like, you're not getting anywhere. Don't handle those. Obje- They're fake objections. They haven't even tried the product yet. All right. So just ignore it. Just agree with them. Yeah, totally understand. Cool. Yeah, needs to be cheaper. Got it. Hey, by the way, just roll into the next thing. All right. You don't need to handle those freaking objections when they come up early because they're not real anyway. All right. So that's all I got for you today. You guys have a good week. I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. And as you know, we give all of our content and training away for free. So it would really mean a lot to me if you could subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And if you thought that this episode in particular was helpful, consider sending it to somebody you know who you think could benefit as well. Thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.